Welcome to the What Are Poems podcast, the only poetry podcast not seeped in pretension. It's a Sam Smith cover of How Will I Know by uh, Whitney Houston. We didn't get, well, nothing happened to me last week when I played music, so I just thought, Sam Smith, remember that? It's the kind of thing that my mom likes. She goes, have you heard Sam Smith? Oh, he's got a beautiful voice. <laughs> That's enough of that. I just thought it was funny that there was a cover of that song that was so sad and depressing. That's like, this is the song that like, you know, when you lay in the bathtub after a breakup, Sam. <laughs> oh, God. What's going on, folks? How are we doing? Welcome to the What Are Poems podcast. Did I already say it? Say it again. It's the only poetry podcast not seeped in pretension. Have you seen this video going around with Joe Biden, like, sleeping? And uh, there's this, like, uh, ominous voice going, wake up, Joe Biden. Wake up. Wake up, Joe Biden. I think it's hilarious that that's the guy. I just think it's so funny. All the people in America, we, we had that, uh, you know, certified sociopath leading the nation. And then we get this guy that I just go, what? what's he saying? It's like my friend Artie says, he's comforted by the idea that he's holding the new White House cat and calling it the dog's name. That's the comfort we get here in America. You know, we need, we need, uh, we need activists back. We need American poets. We need essayists. That's what we're going to talk about today. Amy King. Uh, I stumbled on one of her poems when I was doing some research for poetry, and I said, damn, Amy, <laughs> that's good. Hey, I promised you I'd fill you in on my feud with Phil. Uh, he's read a poem here on the, on the podcast before, but what happened was he was wearing soccer jerseys. Like here in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, sure, you can go to this place called The Dome, where uh, my old roommate Aaron Small used to go and kick the ball around with some uh, some people whose knees are starting to ache. And Smalls was a complete food turtle, by the way. Uh, filtered water and PB&J. You know, so if he did get out of his comfort zone and say order uh, a dish from the Chinese restaurant and it didn't come on time, he'd lose it. I didn't blame him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what else is happening with me? Uh, not much. Saw a bar fight the other day. It's fun. Not fun, but the guy was sleeping at the bar. I was I was bartending, so I said, uh, Sir? Wake up, sir! Sir! Please wake up, sir! Next thing I know, someone else is pushing the guy down the freaking stairs. There's a whole fight. They're going, Jake White didn't do anything. I said, I tried to wake the guy up. I don't know what's going on. This guy over here needs a Michelob Ultra. See you later. You know what I mean? That's the life we're living now. That's about all that happened. A crab restaurant were opened in Wilkesbury. Everyone's excited. Very excited. I went. The service was terrible. The food was tasty. Should I tell you about my crab journey on the same Amy King episode? I'm a big yelper. Not like a not like you'd think though. Let me get my uh let me do this. Let me do this for you folks. This is gonna take a big chunk of the podcast. You know what we'll do it. We'll do it live! We'll do it live. Um, so far, my review of the Flaming Crab has received one useful vote, two funny votes, and one cool vote. Let me take you to the Flaming Crab here on the Wet Our Poems podcast. Uh, let's do it. Winters are harrowing. 
It's the way of life and a life that should be well known to any Pennsylvanian. Pennsylvanian, is it a nom de cloture, cloture that describes our ilk all too well? Men and women of the woods, men and women of a hardy land, a land named for a Quaker. Men and women who, when it came to electoral math, never had the heart to elect George W. Bush, even though we too do not want our children left behind. It was with several Pennsylvanians that I visited the Flaming Crab in the heart of January. They say the heart of January is the most depressing time of the year, and it makes a certain sense if you think about it. The bills from Christmas are rolling in. Nothing to look forward to but the din of Valentine's Day when people crawl from their cluttered homes and try to save marriages over rare steak and red wine. When spring is too far away and it's been far too long since we heard the mournful calls of the migrating morning dove, I got into birds just like everyone else over the pandemic. So it was in this time that we needed desperately for something to lift our spirits, to push us through to the edge of Groundhog's Day. A little bit of a PETA rant here. We'll jump that. Uh, it, was what, it was my friend Bob, sometimes called Rob, who picked up me and my girlfriend, aloof ginger, to head to the Flaming Crab. We talked with secret hope that maybe the place we wished it to be. I had actually taken the time to make a reservation. A reservation is a good way to make your always cagey millennial friends commit. Well, I want to back out, but he already made the reservation. Bob, my sweet ginger, and I were shocked when we entered the Flaming Crab. She had the look of a she had the look of a sushi restaurant. Gentlemen tables lined up against the walls, but then we spotted a pirate ship in the middle. Something we all secretly prayed we'd be sat in. Alas, it didn't happen for us. We were led to a long table covered in paper tablecloth. Around us was a digital screen projecting an underwater scene. At first I was captivated, then became bored. And then I was very excited when I saw a massive humpback whale begin to circle the restaurant. I'm all about dining in a fever dream that is accented by the memories of Free Willy. A movie my sister had to be forcibly removed from for crying too hard. Like she really thought Willy was going to die. When the truck gets stuck in the mud and Gordon has to keep spraying water all over him. Jesse's like, come on, Willie! Come on. My new friend Connor arrived next. He was looking around and jonesing for a cigarette. He sat next to me and then MK, the owner and operator of her own nail salon, her boyfriend Will, a dapper sort, always dressed in gray, arrived. My friend Nick Harriman, local tinkerer, came. And then Angie, a girl who my girlfriend worked with and whose bangs just make me wonder, like, about bangs. With the party all seated... We began to peruse the menu. Some of us were confused. Some of us were excited. A cornucopia of emotions racing over the table as we began our dining journey, aware that we were about to fight the doldrums of winter, one crab leg at a time. I was shocked when Connor ordered six oysters and two Coronas, but nonetheless pushed on. Our meals came in either silver platters covered in tin foil or a plastic bag. Some people opted to help each other pour the content of the bag into their tins. I believe Bob, sometimes called Rob, ate directly from the bag, which I mean, come on. Sort of bravery you need when you're living in the 23rd, coldest January on record. We all enjoyed the meal immensely. Our only sadness was that we did not get to sit in the ship, which went to a group of my girlfriend's CrossFit friends. I mean, if you have the, if you have the uh, moxie to be an exercise cult, you have the moxie to steer a sail ship. We left the Flaming Crab well-fed and pleased. I pointed out to my friend MK on the way out the colorful menu I sent her over text this week was a takeout menu. The menu, while dining, is much classier. The sort of beige that makes you think, I might be spending money tonight. And then you're immediately checking your wallet. Our next stop was a bar, where we drink ourselves away from our experience and into the darkness that protects you from the darkness that is a Pennsylvania winter. The Flaming Crab was, of course, 
our first bright light. Hey, that's a Yelp review by me. It, we're at the eight-minute mark already. We got to come back. We got to do Amy King. I hope you enjoyed that review. I wanted to share it with you guys. You know, I might not know poems, but I know how to Yelp. <laughs> All right, uh, Sam Smith. Right? Should we do it? Can we get it back on? Oh man, the, the time's just clicking away. I can't work anything. I need an engineer. Now hiring an engineer. You'll be paid nothing, but... Oh, my God. Jake, isn't his voice beautiful? That's my mother. Oh, I like Sam Smith, she'd say. Oh, Sam Smith. He had a hard life, you know. He wore earrings, and he's a boy. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. Okay, let's get right in Amy King, because I, I, uh, I was reading my uh, crab review to you guys. Did you like it? Hey, write me at the 1rpoemspodcast at gmail.com if you like the crab review and you want to hear more of my food reviews. What if it was the, what are poems? What are food? What's a blanket? I'm making beef stew right now. I called my mom up. I said, did you put noodles in your goulash? She said, no. <laughs> Amy King's born in uh, August 3rd, on August 3rd, 1971, and she's an American poet, essayist, and activist, like I was saying, the things we need in this world. She's born in Baltimore, Maryland, where our buddy, uh, what was that guy's name, Carl something, Carl Shapiro, uh, was born. He's a big Baltimore guy, remember? She grew up in Stone Mountain. Oh, she's born in Maryland, but she moves to Stone Mountain, Georgia, and receives her B.S. in English and Women's Studies from Townsend University. She received her M.A. in American Studies, Poetics Concentration, at the State University of New York, Buffalo, and then gets an M.F.A. from Brooklyn College in Creative Writing. Since 2003, King has taught in Creative Writing at uh, Nassau Community College. She uh, has also guest lectured and conducted workshops at a number of colleges and universities. King received the 2015 WNBA Award. That's the Women's National Book Association, not the uh, Women's National Basketball Association, which I know all of us were thinking. You're like, this lady plays basketball? She also received the Feminist Pressed 40 Under 40, the Future of Feminism Award in 2010. And... Uh, in 2016, Adam Fitzgerald named King one of the 30 poets you should be reading, and she was listed as one of 13 New York poets changing the lit scene. So she's getting a lot of awards here, people. She's uh, doing a lot of things. She's the co-editor of the anthology series Bettering American Poetry with Heidi Lynn Staples, and um, she found it and curated it from 2006, the Brooklyn-based reading series, The Stain of Poetry, until 2010. Her activism includes the found, she's a founding member of the literary arts activist organization, Vita, Women in the Literary Arts. King currently serves on the executive board and is the press officer, um, known for its annual report on the rates of publication between male and female authors. Uh, in 2015, King publicly critiqued the University of Pennsylvania's adjunct lecturer Kenneth Goldsmith's controver controversial performance at the RISD of his poem, The Body of Michael Brown. And I say, why are people so invested in Kenneth Goldsmith? We'll have to look into that, folks. We'll have to figure out what's going on there, a little controversy. We don't mind that. In August 2015, King curated and contributed to the Form of Poetry Foundation that raised the question, what is literacy activism? Okay, so she uh, she spoke out about the Swedish Academy's decision to award uh, Bob Dylan the Nobel Prize in Literature as well. Wasn't a fan 
of that. I want to find out about this uh, Mike Brown thing. So on March 13th, 2015, Goldsmith, another fellow. Maybe we'll explore him next week. I mean, what else are we doing? Uh, read his poem, The Body of Michael Brown, uh, at an event at Brown University. The poem was a reading of the autopsy report issued by the St. Louis County Coroner's Office on the shooting of Michael Brown, uh, as we remember that happened. Um, it set off local protests that spread to many cities nationwide. Uh, Goldsmith explained this process on Facebook. I also detect for poetic effect, I translate into plain English many obscure medical terms that would have stopped the flow of the text. I narrativized it in ways that made the text less uh, didactic and more literary. Um, basically, people just felt that there was too much pain uh, for many people around this, and, and he shouldn't have done it. Goldsmith said that he was requesting that Brown University not make public record of the recording of the performances of his poem. Okay, so that's that fellow. And uh, Ames, uh, Ames was against it, which I think I like. I think I like that she's not pro-Dylan getting either. I mean, come on. How old's Bob Dylan? Wasn't Bob Dylan just walking around New Jersey a couple years ago just going, meh, meh, in people's yards. They had to call the police. He's like, I'm Bob Dylan. I don't have a problem with Dylan, actually. I love that song. Uh, Went to see a movie called Gunga Dan. Who We got a What is that one? Write that into the thing, anyway, as well. Uh, here we go. Uh, how about a poem by Amy King? Because there's not much. I don't have, like, a lot of info on her as a, as a girl. So let's read her. let's read her poetry, right? Amy King. We like uh, the Gilded Zero. Only open homes and woods and pansies, blue ledges, can lead the Zero with his only arms to embrace himself in open fields for all to gape upon. He unbuttons steel gray sheets at knotted top coat, bears himself, his whole, a vision, as framed by the marker that is where his body blue and left enclosure intact, skeletaled innards enough to make moviegoers ask has anyone finished themselves yet i have and i swim the lagoon take note the babies are barely dirty their armpits smooth with silky soot weighted in an apartment cycles like we keep movement in boxes for thunderstorms and the railroad leaves a dancing behavior absorbed by every second thought escaping the socket that was his mission, his body incomplete to help us, to the maiden head of Niagara, a target awakening. The chlorophyll of trees, their tongues, the densest forest, canopy and floor, thigh deep with root rot, we sleep on the fold into growing whole sheep that becomes the lot. Night's zero hour of what in and what isn't till death, not us part. What are poems? That one made me ask it. What are poems? Aim King, what are you doing with my brain? <whistles> really getting me uh, woke. Didn't, uh... Amy King's breathtaking poetry reflects the same unwavering commitment she brings to her role 
um, at the Women in Literary Arts, Aesthetics Rooted in Ethics, Community Advocacy and Intersection, King's Gifts, which has earned her admiration from John Asherberry. Ashbury, among many others, seems to be about letting the lyric take hold of the modern life's messy vibrancy that falls together seamlessly. Uh, is what is said on LitHub.com. Um, here's Amy King. This is what it sounds like outside. Fat geese and guinea hens holding hands. I am 31, which is very young for my age. That is enough to realize I'm a pencil that has learned how to draw the internet. I explain squiggles. Diagramming exactly how I feel, and you are drawn to read in ways you cannot yet. Slow goes the drag of creation. How what's within comes to be without, which is the rhythmic erection of essence. I like her. I'm into it. I get it. It's all about how you read it, I think. Um, she's applying pressure to the boundaries of queer poetry. King also finds inspiration in pop culture, science, social tech, tech, uh, can't be able to say it. And other questions of gender and culture. Her most uh, recent collection is the Missing Museum. It's the winner of the 2015 awards. As you know, if you do something in poetry, you get an award. Except for me. They're not giving me one. I wrote a couple of poems. Remember? You were here. You were here, John Boy. Hey, it's going to be a long podcast here. Uh, we like Amy King, right? I'll come back with uh, my own poem if there's nothing in the old poetry reader bag from my friends here that listen to the podcast. All right. Hey, it's Bill Clinton. It's me. Get out of here, Bill Clinton. I'm back. You guys know about the fight at the Golden Corral uh, outside of Philadelphia, right? There was a big, uh, gold, I was going to say bar fight, buffet fight at a Golden Corral outside of Philadelphia. They were throwing chairs. They were punching each other. And they said it was because uh, miscommunication because of the wearing of masks. People couldn't understand each other. Uh, so I wrote a poem in response to that. You know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like all great, uh, all great moments in American society should be reflected through poem. I know Amanda Gorman would back me on that. Gorman, are you listening? Are you a fan of the podcast? Wow. Uh, so this is my response to the old, uh, the old uh, uh, fight at the Golden Corral outside of Philadelphia. Uh, here we go. Golden Corral. A fight breaks out. The mozzarella sticks are cold. But it's more, isn't it? Wasn't it always more? Isn't this probably about a race or sex or gender politics? A chair sailing across the Golden Corral? Must be about the pandemic or Fauci or Trump or any of the who's it's in Washington. It can't be about how the sternos aren't lit and my mozzarella sticks are cold. It can't be about the ochre being under-seasoned. It must be so much more. People can't just punch people. At a golden corral, not without it being political. God, boy, Timothy Chalamet, someone please warm up my mozzarella sticks and deliver me from this place. That is my response on poetic form to the fight at the golden corral outside of Philadelphia. Um, oh, man. You know what? I should have done it. Uh, I don't know. That's like the big thing, you know what I mean? That's... That's the big thing that happened a couple weeks ago. I was bruised and battered at the Golden Corral. Unrecognizable. To <laughs> unrecognizable to the cow that I was eating. I'm a Bruce Springsteen. Hey, uh, here's some reader mail. What's this, like a 30-minute podcast now? This is from Christina, our friend Christina in... 
Chicago. Chicago land or Chicago itself? Uh, Chicago. Uh, she writes, Dear Jacob, I love water poems. Please keep the episodes coming. I subscribe to a lot of podcasts, but this one is the only one for which I allow automatic downloads. I don't want any other podcast episodes cluttering up my phone storage. Only what are poems. It's so refreshing to listen to poetry podcasts without feeling like you need a master's degree to understand it. Thank you, and looking forward to hearing more. Christina in Chicago. Thank you for your letter, Christina. We here at What Are Poems appreciate you fully. Uh, Till next time, folks. I didn't do it on the last one. Peace and love. Peace and love. Beef Jackie.